Hi, and welcome to WMMT's Mountain Talk. The following program was produced by Stephen Byes, a class of 2020 Robertson Scholar at the University of North Carolina. Stephen participated in a community internship with WMMT and was able to participate in the Cowan Creek Mountain Music School. Tonight's Mountain Talk is an intimate look into Stephen's experience during the week-long music camp. When my family talks about the music of the Appalachian Mountains, they often use these big, broad words like cultural heritage and musical tradition. Before I came to Kentucky, I used those words a lot myself, but I didn't really know what they meant. I just used them. I knew that my dad played the banjo, that he'd wanted me to learn since I was a little kid, and I knew that if I was ever going to pick up an instrument for real, it'd be hard to find a better place to do so than right here in Whitesburg, Kentucky. So I signed up for classes in beginning banjo at the Cowan Creek Mountain Music School. That's Carla Gover, the beginning banjo instructor at the Cowan Creek School, and the audio is taken from one of the first days of classes. Here's another one of her songs from the faculty recital later that day, and like many of the musicians you'll hear from, she gives a short explanation or attribution for the song before she begins playing. Oftentimes, the origins of the folk songs heard at Cowan Creek are as important as the music itself. Well, I'm always tickled to get to come to Cowan because Whitesburg's my hometown and I don't, I don't get back all that often. Um, but I'm not going to play an old tune. I'm, I'm teaching beginning banjo and uh, just going to play a song that longtime collaborator Mitch Barrett and I wrote together based on this thing that our neighbor used to say. He'd say, now a balking mule won't pull. you got to have them both pulling right together. So it, it's, the song's called Balking Mule. my interviews about the school, the same few topics kept cropping up. People always came back to how the camp brought people together, how much fun it was for everyone, and most often, that same odd idea of passing down musical heritage that had got me interested in Cowan Creek in the first place. But to really understand what the school looks like on a day-to-day basis, it'll probably be easier to start with that first idea, 
the part about how the school really brings people together. The Cowan Creek Community Center is a big wooden building, redone a couple years ago to include a circular room that's large enough for square dancing and concerts and just about anything else you could dream up. Even that building, however, isn't big enough to host the 16 classes that take place simultaneously, so most mornings at the camp are spent in classrooms at the nearby Cowan Creek Elementary School, which the music school partners with during the summer. This year, there were classes at all levels for banjo, fiddle, and guitar, and a couple more in upright bass and storytelling. In the afternoons, some of the classes will jam together based off a tune we all learned that morning, and you'll see kids no older than 10 or 11 learning right alongside their parents. Scott Evans. I'm a beginning banjo player. I uh, studied with Miss Carla Gover over at Cowan Creek. Scott was in the same banjo class as I was. He's a great storyteller, and in the week at the camp, he was always laughing or smiling about something. You know, I've got a neighbor here, George Gibson, who who is a master. You know, he's a banjo master. Been playing for 50 years, and he heard me over here on the porch practicing, and he. He came over and he said, well, what are you, well, what's that sound I keep hearing? I said, it's either me practicing or I'm strangling a cat. And uh, he sat down he said, well, Scott, I, I've never heard that song before. And uh, I said, well, it's a Lee Sexton tune. He said, well, I know a lot of Lee stuff, but I've never heard that before. So the other day I was over at George's place helping him around the house and fixing the road coming up in here. And he, uh, he said, now, Scott, I want you to show me that, that song. Pause a second to take that in. George Gibson, a master banjo player, is asking Scott, who's been playing this kind of music for all of two weeks, to show him a song. And so he said, now, hold on, let me go get my banjo for you. And he brought out this 1925 coal banjo, which was one singularly one of the most amazing instruments I've ever laid eyes on, let alone had anybody hand to me and play. You know, it's carved up, and the inlays were just unbelievably intricate and detailed he said now here you you use this banjo here and you show me that that uh, that song so getting to be able to sit there with with mr gibson and show him a song that he didn't know that i had just learned at cowan it was just it, it's just mind-blowing you know he's like you know i've got holler cred now that holler cred as scott calls it isn't just for other musicians music like the kind taught at cowan creek is meant to be listened to to be passed down to bring people together my kids think I am somebody big, and that's been a real, real big kick for me. I'm teaching my, my oldest, who's eight. Uh, he wanted me to teach him something, so I taught him that Lee Sexton tune, that uh, uh, Rain Crow Breakdown. That's how a lot of the music is at Cowan Creek. One person learns it, and the next thing you know, it's spread all over the school. And when people leave Letcher County, they take the music back home with them. This is the tune he's talking about, Rain Crow Breakdown, played by Lee Sexton himself.
Scott's not the only one to feel that Cowan Creek brings people together. Almost everyone who steps foot into the school senses a little bit of the ability of good music to make a community closer. My name is Randy Wilson, and uh, I've worked with the Cowan Creek Mountain Music School since its inception. Uh, Randy is a huge part of Cowan Creek. He's taught beginning banjo and storytelling, played in the concerts, served as an advisor to the school, and spoken to individual classes about the importance of musical heritage. It gives us a, a sense of being together, really, uh, uh, to, to dance together, to play together. And uh, I always remember being out there under those uh, those hemlocks, you know, uh, in the shade and the sun in the summer and listening to that music all over the grounds. It's a wonderful way to be together. So uh, against all the negative kind of things that we hear, this, this is a way for us to share something, a part of ourselves here, and, and to feel part of the community. That community doesn't happen automatically. Even if the Cowan Creek Mountain Music School almost seems as much a part of the landscape as the river it was named after, people like Randy and Stacy Dollarhide, who we'll hear from later, have worked tirelessly for years to make it accessible to everyone in the area. We give these scholarships to local people to um, uh, learn the uh, musical heritage of the regions, uh, young people or older people as well. So I like that about it. I like also that it's community-based uh, around the Cowan Creek Community Center. Uh, a lot of these camps uh, are in uh, uh, islands uh, that are on making, you know. Uh, they, they don't really connect with the community around them. And uh, I like it that, they, that this one does. It, it tries to connect with the community in, in terms of these scholarships that offers the local people and uh, at the community center and they have dances and potlucks open to the uh, community up at, up at Big Cowan. So I think that's what makes it different. And, and from what I understand it, it really offers this at a very affordable rate for uh, a lot of people to, to enjoy it. My name is Stacy Dollarhide, and I am the uh, music school coordinator. Stacy is one of only a handful of administrative staff members at Cowan Creek. If it was a normal school, she'd be doing the work of a chef, volunteer coordinator, vice principal, board advisor, bus driver, and teacher, all at once. Instead, it's just her, the community director, Carol Isom, and a few others. Naturally, things as large as Cowan Creek take a village of volunteers and instructors for their day-to-day -day operation. But Stacy definitely handles an oversized load, and she's always looking for things to improve. As we've been growing, um, because of what we want to do, we want people to um, have a home-cooked meal. You know, that's a, been a big change. We used to um, have a USDA feeding program that we went through the Letcher County Public School System, and it consisted of like maybe sandwiches and a fruit and a milk. Because in the cost of tuition, lunch is provided. But the past few years with our Grow Appalachia program and then want to provide people with healthy eating and provide our local farmers with a, a venue to uh, sell their produce, um, that has really grown. I feel that we're a family. 
So Cowan Creek brought Scott closer to his kids, let Randy connect the community with square dance and storytelling, and provided a place for Stacy to make home-cooked meals for almost 200 people. Those things alone would be enough to call Cowan Creek a success. But keep in mind that these kinds of interactions happen for nearly everyone at the camp. Everyone is getting closer with their kids. Everyone is joining their community. Everyone is meeting new friends. And it also works the other way. People sometimes get as close to the family that came before them as the children who will come after. This next song, sung by Sarah Wood, was one of my own favorites at Cowan Creek. The work is beautiful on its own, but the way it came into being is absolutely extraordinary. I like to say that I co-wrote it with my great-great-grandmother who died before I was born because she um, wrote a book of poetry in the early 1900s and a few of us still have copies of it. I, I was given one by one of her grandchildren, her other grandchildren. And, and I flipped through it as soon as I got the book. I was like, oh yeah, this is great. Patriotism, God, whatever. Okay, so I didn't really read the whole thing. And I mean, it was sweet, but you know, I was young. And um, I picked it up about a year ago and, and I really got more into it. I said, okay, I'm gonna read this book. This is my family member who published a poetry book, so I've really got to read it. And, um, and I, I came across some other poetry that she'd written kind of thinking about her children. And as soon as I read those, I really just felt like all of a sudden I knew who she was. And, you know, just kind of all came together. So this is one, this is a song, not a song, a poem that she wrote um, thinking about her children. And, and I put some music to it so I could not have to recite it. Brave, my little laddie in the early morning light and you think twill be as easy to buy from home at night but then the birds are silent and the blundering beetle hums you'll be lonesome for your mother when the night time comes when Shapes and sounds more fearsome than her geography or sums. You'll be lonesome for your mother when the night time comes. When the night time comes, when the night time comes, you'll be lonesome for your mother when the night time comes. And if you've left her
children when shall close our little day and the darkness ever deepening puts an end to work or play comes a universal longing in the palace or the slums and we're lonesome for our mothers when the night time comes when the night time With that song and the statements of people who have attended the school, it seems obvious that a big purpose of Cowan Creek is to bring people together. But another idea, one that I think often gets overlooked with mountain music, also came up again and again. Playing these mountain songs in this setting, surrounded by some of the best musicians in the area, is just plain old fun. People have a smile on their face at Cowan Creek, and there's no replacement for that. When there's nothing else to do, the people who have attended Cowan Creek can pull out a banjo or a fiddle or a guitar and have a grand old time out on their porches. That's not to say that all the songs are cheerful or upbeat. Quite the opposite, actually. But the music, with your friends, that can make it fun. What, what else do we have here in eastern Kentucky? You know, we, we've, got, we've got precious little. You know, we've got Whitesburg and Hazard. And uh, other than that, if you ain't on a four-wheeler or on a horseback, there, ain't, there just ain't nothing to do around here. But if you've got a $40 banjo, by golly, that opens up all kinds of new possibilities and friendships and, you know, kind of worthwhile things to do you know it's uh it doesn't take much to get into i gotta say but uh the rewards that you get out of getting into it are really something you know that's scott evans again and he's not the only one to feel that the music school acquires a special significance against the backdrop of letcher county stacy dollarhide who you also heard from earlier said something very similar well there's not much going on in letcher county um and it seems that people like to um, remember the past and relate to the past. It's a, a venue that folks of all ages, like grandparents can bring their grandchildren or grandchildren bring their grandparents or mothers bring their daughters, fathers bring their daughters, friends send their kids with their friends. It's all, um, I think it's a cohesiveness that we miss in the world. But you can get at Cowan Creek. Because once you get out and working out in the world, you're just busy, 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 people working, just trying to make a living. But this one week, um, I don't know really the right words to say, but just that it brings people together of all ages, and we're all really about one mindset, and we all enjoy one another's company, and we're all trying to just enjoy one another. And once you leave Cowan Creek, that don't happen, you know, and it's really important in Letcher County to have those things.
To give you an idea of why so many people talk about the good time they have at the school, I'll try to walk you through what a day at Cowan Creek might look like. Instruction starts at 9 in the morning at the Cowan Creek Elementary School, but Stacy and a few others make a point of serving breakfast before then for the early risers looking for a simple and tasty meal. Then, students of all ages and abilities will have class until noon. Occasionally, visitors like Randy Wilson will drop in to talk about music and play a couple songs. After classes end, the entire school makes the migration over to the Cowan Creek Community Center, a short five-minute drive away. There, Stacy's home-cooked lunch is served until one, and kids often play basketball in the nearby courts while parents and older students gather around and catch up. It's the most relaxing part of the day, and it's followed by concerts from either the faculty or visiting masters like Bruce Green and Lee Sexton. Most of the school attends these concerts, and the few that don't usually return for the afternoon jam sessions, where classes pair up by ability level and jam together on a couple simple chords. The formal school instruction ends with workshops, which focused on everything from singing with a banjo to learning ukulele from scratch. Then the school disbands for the evening, but Cowan Creek also hosts square dances and faculty concerts at night, which people will stick around for. It's a full day, and every second of it is spent immersed in the culture and sound of eastern Kentucky. You've got no talent, you've got no experience, you don't have any idea what you're doing. You can come there, and in a week, they will have you set up and ready to play, and you will feel like a million bucks. Perhaps the best example of the pure enjoyment of old-time music is Lee Sexton, the famous Letcher County banjo player. When he's picking out a song, you can just see it in his face that he's having a great time. And more importantly, you can hear it in his music. Wildwood Blair Narrett, he played this sawmill. In particular, Lee always gets a kick out of telling about how he got his first banjo. Although he loves the story so much, I'd say about half of Cowan Creek knows it by heart. This next clip is from when Lee visited the beginning banjo class with his son. He's a little bit hard of hearing, which is why some of the voices might sound a little strained. Can you tell them how you got that story you were telling me in Beverly about getting your first banjo and clearing oh, out yeah. your dad's? I was uh, seven year old and I was uh, wanting me a banjo so bad I couldn't hardly stand it and, and I was raised hard, didn't have the money to buy one and I tried to borrow a dollar off my grandfather. <laughs> I went to school with a boy, had a banjo, he wore the dollar for it. And I didn't have no dollar and I tried to borrow it off my grandfather and he wouldn't let me have it. He had about four or five acres of corn he'd done and picked and them stalks staying there. And he said, if you cut every one of them corn stalks, pile them up and burn them, said, I'll give you a dollar. 
Well, I worked there, it must have been a month and a half, you know, I just a boy. Every in never come in to school. I finally got him cleaned up and he gave me a dollar. And I trotted every step about a mile and a half down the line. Boy, I still got that banjo. It had a groundhog hide on it and they'd left its tail on it. And they people from New York and everything come in here and give me interviews. They said, boy, no why I left that tail on it. I told them to wipe the sweat with it. <laughs> Another really amazing thing about Lee is that he's been playing the banjo so long, he knows just about any song you could ask him to play. And over the years, his style has changed completely. This is partly by choice. But Lee also told our class about a mining accident that forced him to switch from claw hammer style which uses the whole hand to bluegrass picking, which only requires three fingers. More recently, he had to switch again to two-finger picking after a run-in with what he described as a raccoon that just didn't know when to let go. If anyone is the embodiment of the old-time music style, it's Lee Sexton. Besides the music, the most fun to be had at Cowan Creek is listening to the stories, both the ones told formally in the storytelling class and the real whoppers told by the old-timers about their exploits in their younger days. This year, Angie DeBoer taught storytelling, and her story in this next segment came from the very same mountains that I grew up in, in western North Carolina. Hi, I'm a storyteller. Uh, guys, those of you learning to play old-time music, you can't just play and play and play. Sometimes you got to talk. So it might behoove you to take a little storytelling class. I grew up down in the Smoky Mountains of North Carolina. I'm going to tell you a really quick family story. I love uh, folk, what all's going on here. I love this old-timey music being passed on. So I'm going to give you a story to pass on that's full of Western North Carolina folklore and legend. It's about my Uncle John who took to the drink awful bad. And he was a bachelor feller, and he lived way up on a mountain in a bachelor shack. But he was good to take care of himself, and he could cook pretty good. And one day he was out, his, he had an old rooster that he had raised from a little chick. He called it Gorgeous George. And um, he took all his George's time to meet his maker and join the dumplings in the pot. So Uncle John took him out to the old chopping block, and there, poor old George stretched out his old scrawny neck. Uncle John took his axe and he just whacked. Flop, 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 run, flop, 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 run, flop, flop, run, flop, flop, flop. And so there it was. So Uncle John throwed that old rooster's head away. Picked up the rooster by his feet, was getting ready to take him over to the pot where he had water bubbling, waiting to cook him up. And he saw something move over there on the side. And he looked, and there was something he had not seen in a very long time. And I'm not sure if any of y'all have ever seen this or not. It's a joint snake. It was a joint, a joint, a joint snake. It's a snake that if you go to hit it with something, it'll fall apart into all these little joints. Like blink, 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 blink. And it'll lay there and play snake possum until you're good and gone. And then it'll blink, 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 whoop, put itself back together again and go on its merry snaky way, okay? Well, Uncle John knowed all about joint snakes, obviously. 
So when that, he, he went like he was going to hit it, that joint snake or something, and blink, 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 it fell, all those little parts, and he picked up the joint snake's head and threw it in the farce. Well, he got the rooster ready to cook, and he turned, had his back turned, and he heard something, and it sounded like it was the rooster crowing. Well, he looked around, and he saw that what had happened was that joint snake, it had put itself back together again and found that rooster's head. <laughs> and honey, it is a crowing for all its might. <laughs> Thank you. The school leaders aren't the only ones having fun, however. There are also opportunities for students to lead workshops, an all-student string band that performs at the end of the week, and a student recital where the future masters of Eastern Kentucky music perform. Believe it or not, nobody in this next song, including the lead singer, could have possibly been older than 13 or 14. Just listen. I hear the train a-coming it's rolling around the bend And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when Man, I'm locked in Folsom Prison And time keeps dragging on And that train keeps rolling On down to San Antonio When I was just a baby My mama told me, son Always be a good boy Don't ever play with guns But I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die When I hear that lonesome whistle I hang my head and I cry Get my hand on I bet there's rich folks eating in a fancy dining car. They're probably drinking coffee and smoking big cigars. Well, I know I had it coming. I know I can't be free. But I hear that lonesome whistle, and that's what tortures me. If that railroad train was mine I bet I'd move it on A little farther down the line So far from Folsom Prison That's where I long to stay And I'd let that lonesome whistle Blow my blues away If it's possible to be cheerful while singing Folsom Prison Blues, these two kids were doing it. That's not easy, and it says a lot about the environment that Cowan Creek fosters for its participants. I've learned that having fun and enjoying jam sessions are nearly as important to mountain music as the songs themselves. Scott Evans says it better than I ever could. It was awesome. You know, just the, the, the friendliness, the fellowship, just the camaraderie, really, you know. It, it did my heart a lot of good, I'll put it that way. Thank you. 
That's the fun side of Cowan Creek. And to close out this segment, here's a song that ties those ideas together. It's sung by Brett Ratliff, and it has all of the humor and heartache that makes mountain music what it is. Okay, I'll do, uh, I've been in- inspired by all of the uh, original songs that have been written in the material that I've heard over the course of this week, and so I thought I'd do an original one. And it does take some explaining. A few years ago, I uh, read a story about uh, an electric cooperative crew over in Jackson County, and they were, uh, it was when we first started talking about running high-speed broadband through the mountains, and they were uh, really amping it up and saying it was going to be silicone holler around here, and uh, <laughs> that we were going to have the highest-speed broadband in the nation, and, and all of the trying to get all this buy-in. And, a couple of counties, uh, you know, they they took it up and really started uh, forging a kind of new, pioneering a new way in the mountains. And uh, Jackson County was one of those counties that did it early, and uh, they were running high-speed broadband uh, fibers in places where there wasn't any roads. And so in order to get the fiber across the countryside, um, a couple of the crew members went and got uh, their buddy's um, mule, <laughs> and they the the mule had a name. It was Old Bub, and so Old Bub was helping them run these high-speed fibers. And I just thought that was a beautiful image, and really telling of you know mountain people around here and country people in general. And um, I wrote the song. Uh, uh, actually, my friend Laura Smith uh, made a challenge on Facebook. She she tagged me and said, "Brett Ratliff needs to write a song about this." I said, "All right, I will." And um, I wrote it in the context of, of transitioning economies in the mountains. Pack 
got the pickup and head to town. They got Kenny Beck's and heirloom beans, going dollar and a half a pound, going dollar and a half a pound. So I jump on that old high-speed wire and tell them what all they got. And the people came from all around and bought the whole damn lot. They bought the whole damn lot. Oh, but there's a new day coming, get that info down the line. Well, they've set up an online marketplace and the mortgage got paid on time. And the baby's doing fine. So far, we've covered the ways Cowan Creek brings people together, and the reasons it has become a real source of pride and enjoyment in Letcher County. This last segment, however, will focus on the critical role that the school plays in passing down musical heritage in the region, and how that heritage in turn is vital to Eastern Kentucky. This was what Randy Wilson had to say about the role of Cowan Creek in passing down mountain music. Well, it's just what it's. There's a unique styles of playing, uh, like the banjo. Uh, we, we since we started, we've learned the many unique ways, approaches to banjo music, and we've preserved uh, uh, a lot of these tunes that are from this region. So they're not just uh, in some kind of archive, but they're being played and used at dances uh, and performed. The difference between Cowan Creek and a music archive, or even playing this music on the radio, is that at Cowan Creek, the music is alive. It's still changing, being passed down, being improved upon and improvised with. And by passing down that music, the school is sustaining Kentucky traditions. Randy also explains why that role is so important right now. It's really preserving the heritage of the region, and it also uh, brings attention to what the what we have here, you know, it's uh, often maligned uh, in, in media, you know, uh, poverty and whatever happens here. It's a way of bringing forth, uh, you know, some real positive things from the region and we can put that face forward instead of uh, a lot of the stuff that we hear in the national media about uh, eastern Kentucky. Musical knowledge isn't the only thing exchanging hands. Sometimes, instruments and historical lessons are literally passed down from one Cowan Creek student to another. In the beginning banjo class, for example, everyone's banjo had a story. I got mine from my dad, who said that if I could play Cripple Creek as fast as he could by the end of the summer, then I could keep the banjo. My friend in the class borrowed his from Apple Shop, and when he gives it back, he'll be joining a long list of players who have learned on that instrument. Scott Evans got his from an uncle who passed away, and the instrument has been in his family ever since. And at Cowan Creek, these personal histories are tied into a much larger musical fabric by storyteller historians like Randy Wilson. And, and it, it, it was an avenue, really, to learn about the connection uh, with the broader world, that have the banjo having come from Africa and, and shared blacks and whites alike for a long time. So. 
been a uh, it's been a really interesting journey, you know, Daniel from forms of it coming out of Persia and across the trade routes and Egypt and Sub-Saharan Africa and then and into this country and and all these different tunings. This would be neat to understand how we're connected through this this instrument. This next song is from Bruce Green, and the distinctive mountain sound he achieves comes from the way he draws out the syllables and wavers on them a little bit. This style of singing is a huge part of folk music, and it's recognized as uniquely Appalachian all over the country. Although there's no instruments in this particular song, Bruce Green was a visiting master at the camp this year, and also the person playing fiddle on all of the transition audio clips I've used. Young Edward, you look healthy now. Your clothes are neat and clean. I never saw you drink a drop. What's brought this happy change? I had a dream, a warning boys, that heaven sent to me. That's fetched me from a drunkard's curse and pain and misery. I dreamed I staggered home one night through dark and dismal gloom. I missed my wife, where could she be? And strangers filled the room. Your wife is dead, I heard them say. She's lived a dreadful life, for grief and want has broke her heart to be a drunkard's wife. Oh, Papa, go and wake her up, my little children said. And make her speak and smile once more. We'll never cry for bread. Oh, Mary dear, come back to me. I'll never cause you pain. I'll never more grieve your loving heart. I'll never get drunk again. And when I woke, my Mary dear was standing inside of me. I pressed her to my loving heart, and Mary's tears did flow. So I've often drank and gambled round, and wrongful deeds did do. It almost broke my Mary's heart and starved my children too. The hardest thing about the camp is how short it is, and it's not easy to pack all of the learning into only a few hours in the morning each day. Nevertheless, a combination of excellent instructors and motivated students makes the learning process a whole lot faster. This next tune is from the first day of the beginning banjo class, and you can hear how hard we're struggling. Ready, 
The next song, however, is from the third day of classes. It's not going to win a Grammy anytime soon, but you can clearly tell the change in ability in only a few short days. One of the most important things about the camp is the children who participate. This is where people find their stories of how they picked up an instrument, and Cowan Creek goes out of its way to make it easy for parents to bring their children, and then for those children to learn while they're at Cowan. The biggest thing that changed this year was our Kids on the Creek program, and it began so that adults could come that had children, because it was hard to come when you had children and they couldn't be apart, because 11, I believe, is our age that we bring, um, we want young musicians to come in because, you know, by then, by age 11, they're pretty able to sit within a group where we're intergenerational ages, all ages. So the Kids on the Creek has went from the first time we did it, we had like three or four, and this year we had 32, and it was pretty much a camp in itself. For the Kids on the Creek final performance, they did a fun square dance routine and sang along to an instructor on a guitar. They aren't always in tune, but it's impossible not to smile at how into it they are. Cowan Creek has been around for nearly two decades now, and things like the Kids on the Creek program and the home-cooked meals are always being added to make it even better. A few things, however, have stayed pretty constant over the years. This was our 16th year, and the first year that we did the Cowan Creek Mountain Music School, it was between um, Apple Shop and the Letcher County um, 21st Century program that Carol Lyson was the director of. And Beverly May received a grant to start the very first Cowan Creek Mountain Music School. And then after the grant money ended from Apple Shop, you know, they asked, did we, the Cowan Community X Group, did we want to continue on with this? And Nell Fields and myself and Carol and we were like, sure. So that's how it's, that's how it's been. Another constant at Cowan is the tribute music that people play, and the emphasis the musicians place on respecting and emulating the trailblazers who came before them. 
And that way, there are clear lineages of songs that you can trace all the way back to famous musicians like Ralph Stanley and Morgan Sexton. For example, I learned the banjo tune Rain Crow Breakdown from Carla Gover, who was taught the song by Lee Sexton, and in turn, Lee credits the song to his uncle, Morgan Sexton. Yet another example of that is John Harrod, who taught an afternoon workshop on the legacy of black fiddlers in Appalachia. The other day I did a little uh, presentation on some of Kentucky's black fiddlers and some of the music that white fiddlers learned from them. And uh, the first person that I talked about was uh, an old fellow named Bill Ivers up in Owen County. And I spent many years playing with Bill. And uh, so we'll, we'll do one of his tunes. This pretty much tells you what Bill was like and what that music was like. And by golly, if it's not a tune that we've played, a lot of people have played this week, but this was the way Bill Ivers did it. Just like there are constant things at Cowan that never change, the school also opened my eyes to constant things within music that never change, regardless of age or genre or location. This is Randy Wilson again, and his story couldn't help but remind me of my own relationship with music, and my father offering to give me his banjo if I could play faster than him. The story was uh, from Denda, sorry, from uh, Molly. Uh, I asked him how he started to play. He said, well, uh, they saw I was playing a broom handle and they knew I was ready to play the banjo. So, so they went and got a stick and they got strings out of the, like the fishing net here and they put together an instrument for me and, uh, and then I started playing. And he said that uh, what he did, they tried to top their elders. They didn't take, he said, I, uh, I never took lessons. I would watch them, I would go off and uh, emulate what they did and I try to beat them, you know, come up with my own style. And, uh, and so uh, that's how he started, Denda Sorry from Molly. So I was uh, in Knott County and uh, 
my good friend Ray Sloan. I said, how'd you get started playing? Uh, this is in Knott County in, in, in Kentucky. And he said, well, I was playing a broom handle and they knew I was ready to play. <laughs> it was the same story. And uh, so he said, well, my dad got a stick and he went and found a collar to uh, the, on a gas line, uh, yeah, gas line that, you know, he had a collar around and tightened it up. And he, he used that for the pot and he got a groundhog hide for the, the, the hide over it. And uh, I don't know what it did for strings, but uh, he made him a makeshift banjo. And I said, well, did you ever take a lesson? He said, my dad never taught me anything. He said, I've watched them, and then I went off and I played the way I wanted to. It was the same exact story. Put simply, Cowan Creek is an amazing place, and I wholeheartedly encourage anyone even thinking about picking up an instrument to attend. But in the end, Cowan Creek can't really be put simply or summarized at all. It's a complex, beautiful, challenging experience, and it's full of laughter and learning and the kind of memories that stick with you a long time after you leave. It's hard to collapse all of that into one hour-long segment, and even harder to find a song to end on that would do the Cowan Creek Mountain Music School justice. In the end, however, I chose one from the student recital at the end of the week. This was from the school's singing class, and the people who took the stage were old and young, experienced and new, soft and loud. The one thing they had in common, however, was a love for this old-time mountain music.
been listening to WMMT's Mountain Talk. The program you just heard was produced by University of North Carolina Robertson scholar Stephen Byes. We'd like to thank the Cowan Creek Mountain Music School for keeping old-time music alive in the mountains. Thanks for listening. <laughs>